It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Nightside. We're all friends here. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. All right, welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millett here with Alex Keery. Hey, everybody! What are the headlines that I had. You still got more headlines? I just wanted to. I just wanted to hit one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the Arizona woman who destroyed the Target mask display? She oh yeah, she saw that uh, that standalone yeah, she display started, with she masks. She started throwing them all around, and oh, then she, she said, started, "I'm going to buy." And then she did, and then she went the other direction. Was like, you know what? Money doesn't even mean anything to me. I'm going to buy all these masks. I'm so going to buy all the masks. Saying. And they're like, "Can you guys?" They're like, "We just." I make seventeen dollars an hour as the manager of this store. Will you please just walk out of here? Just please, please, lady. Um, she says this. She says that after her meltdown in the store, she was taken for a psychiatric evaluation. After her husband called the police from her from their home. Oh, she said she was in a mental health facility for over the week. She says this quote: "I think mental illness." has been really something that has not been addressed as a result of this pandemic because what happened to me was scary and it changed my life forever. I felt I had absolutely no control over my actions. Hold on a minute. She, okay, so do you think that she's doing like this? Uh, this sounds like she's setting it up for some sort of like, a, is she going to be in court at some point? Uh, I don't know if anyone's pressing Your Honor, my client, him. Your Honor, my client has had a, a so. couple of mental episodes during all this pandemic. We can only blame this Chinese virus, Your Honor. Am I wrong? That's where she's going with this. Try to not take any responsibility yourself. You know what it is? Look, here's the thing. Uh, mental illness is no is no joke. It's no fun, and if you're dealing with it, it's you got to get help. And if you're a family member of somebody who's dealing with it, you got to. But here's the thing. You can't treat people like garbage and then go, oh, yeah, it was a mental breakdown. She was a terrible person to those people at the Target. And so yeah. she has to accept responsibility for it. And maybe it's that she was not keeping her mental health in check enough. But I think it, it, I think what it really is is that she's, uh, she's, she's a dirtbag, and then now she's backing up and saying, no, I've got some mental health issues. She Look, said, that's oh, probably I was so afraid. I didn't have any control. Oh, I had I no control. Happened. I had no control over this. But see, there's a difference between not having oh. control and losing control, right? I yes, mean, that's exactly can, right. People can drive themselves to the point where they lose control, and they'll take a swing at someone, or they'll do something else that, that is really out of character for them. And they've driven themselves to Look, that point. It smells a little bit like that same lady who, like the like the lady who did the. She's kind of the. She's been a poster child for a lot of the Karens during all this. Is the, the one who's now asking for half of the money that she that she's taking credit for that she raised for that guy who got all those tips. So they started a GoFundMe uh, that Starbucks barista kicked the lady out for not having a mask on. She berated this nineteen year old kid. She made fun of him. She called him all these names. Did all this stuff, and then people saw it. And then he got I think it was over a hundred thousand dollars on a GoFundMe. And then wow. she filed. Uh, she was thinking about filing a lawsuit. Because she said, yeah, uh, I'm owed half of that because I basically made that situation happen for you. That's hilarious. Yes. This is the same. This feels like a little bit in that same vein. I think we should. I, I'm fine with giving her the best. I see what you're saying, Alex. And and I did I did kind of roll my eyes a little bit. I thought, really? 
is that where you're going with this? But um, I I also think there's nothing wrong with giving her the benefit of a doubt on it, just to kind of keep space open for real mental illness. And so even if she's day, fa- even if she's faking it, and it well, brings to and it brings mental uh, the mental is, health issues saying, to light. Now, if she's if we know she's faking it, we shouldn't stand for that. She's out. All I'm saying is we should not just dismiss it out of hand. Well, you know what? And she should listen to Dr. Matt Willie. She should have been listening to Dr. Matt Willie on our show. It would have helped her a lot. Because at the end of the day, you know, we can pick up the mask and put them back on the rack. You know, I mean, we can escort her out of the. We can all move our li- move along with our lives pretty easily uh, in the wake of her, you know, little vandalism spree. Um, it's not that big of a deal. So I don't know. I'm. I, I want. Yeah, look, I want uh, on the look, one you hand, win. I, you win for you win for the golden. You win the golden heart award. But there are some people that I'm like I, the stuff that she said to those uh, Target employees yeah. and, and a lot of these folks who are lashing out like this and the uh, against retail workers and things like that. Uh, people who again are barely making it. And that the worst is when they do the whole thing about like you know how much money I have. You know how much. You know how little your job matters. Like that's the move she did. And I can't stand that. I cannot stand it. And so it's hard to abide. And, yes, I should be a little bit more uh, compassionate and loving, et cetera, for this woman who now claims that it was uh, mental illness taking over and that she, didn't, she had no control over herself. Yeah. Uh, that well, being she said. Says that, she says that she lost all of her uh, clients and her husband filed for divorce, hmm. like, as a result of that. Listen, consequences, man. Yeah, consequences. So... I hope she's not faking it. I hope she's not pretending because that's a crappy thing to do because there are already enough people that that doubt mental illness that we don't need people faking it and then sabotaging it. No, and, I know. For the rest undermining of us. Right. It, undermining it. I get it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. Maybe we ought to at least <sighs> hold out the, the option that that she is suffering from something. I don't know. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Miller, do you have any more uh, Do you have any more headlines or you want me to start taking over here? Where are you going to take the show? Uh, well, we've got that couples therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Despite the fact that you and I just fought during most of this, mm-hmm. I thought this would be good. Living, laughing, and tough love. Cuddle up with that special someone for some nightside couples therapy. Let's talk about the future of what weddings look like. Uh... Here's the deal. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Did someone just bring you some ramen? No, it was a it was a fork clanged against a bowl. <laughs> See, um, I got a good ear though. You know, it what was a bowl of ramen, thing, wasn't it? Here's the thing about future the future of weddings. <laughs> what? I already got married, so uh, so you don't care. I don't care. I'm telling you, no wedding. I don't care about any wedding. I love a lot of people out there, but not enough to go to anybody's wedding right now. Mm. There's not, look, and I'm in this weird age group too, where I don't. Nobody, none of my friends are getting married because you know I'm almost forty, and uh, if they are, then it's their second marriage, and they're like, I kind of don't want anybody there. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and here's the thing, here's what, here's what, uh, and, and this has been making uh, the rounds. It was included with a wedding invitation, and I don't know if this lady was trying. There was nothing except for she just said this was included in an actual wedding invitation. So just take it for what it's worth because she didn't make a comment on it. She just put it in there like this was included in a wedding invitation. Dear friends and family, please understand that our venue is limited in the number of guests that we'll be able to accommodate for our wedding day. I think everybody understands that, right? As much as we'd love to have each and every one of you join us for a big day, we're forced to split guests into groups to ensure that we will not surpass our capacity restrictions. Are you ready to figure out what group you would be in, Ethan? 
Okay. Group A, please RSVP as soon as possible. We appreciate your promptness uh, as we are uh, as we will be able to extend any vacant seats to any additional guests. So you're in Group A. You're we need you. We want you there. We want you there. Let and us know it, right away. If you you got to go. Yes, because yeah. otherwise, otherwise uh, we're gonna have to be giving away your seat to uh, groups B and C. Okay. Speaking of which, here they are: groups B and C. Please keep a close watch on our wedding website. <laughs> Uh, for notice, please, please turn on alerts for the <laughs> yeah, wedding app. I love it uh, for notice that we have space available. If you've if you already know that you're unable to join us, it is helpful if you decline via the RSVP function on our website. If possible, we encourage our guests to hire a babysitter for the night and leave your children at home. That makes sense too. I wouldn't want my kids there anyway. As much as we love your kids, we're doing our best to make sure that we have space for all the guests that we can that are not tiny children who are going to ruin the wedding. Uh, we also ask spread the COVID. Right. Uh, uh, what did, where's the rest of Oh, we also ask uh, that for single guests to forego their plus one as they oh, don't matter. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, and here's the thing. And it says, we appreciate you are your understanding. And then at the bottom of this person's inv- invitation, I think this is what they were really doing. She shows off because it says you are in group A. Right, so she's saying, "I got this with a wedding invitation." Also, just wanted to make mention, I'm in the most important group. <laughs> so this is where the future of weddings is going, and I'll tell you what, I like it. I don't think there's anything inappropriate in there. I think these people were are totally dealing with what the venue has probably rolled out to them, right? Yeah, and they are figuring out a very, very practical and pragmatic way to make sure that the people who are there that that have to be there are going to be there and then trying to fit in as many people as they can otherwise. I I do think that... Kids at weddings are a waste. Am I wrong? I do think that it's smart to be able to do this. And you know what? I think that the coronavirus, in in a way, has made it a lot easier to control expectations uh, in the sense that uh, some people might have in the past felt sheepish about disinviting everyone's kids. Well, Today and now you, you don't, do and, and then that's the thing is that like, well, and you haven't really felt sheepish necessarily in the past, but people just do it and just go, well, we're going to have to deal with the fact there's going to be a bunch of munchkins running around here. And I yeah. say that having munchkins in my house, like I, my kids at a wedding would be like, I, I'm telling you, it's not fun bringing kids just as, as much as it's not fun to have kids at your wedding kind of running around ruining things because I got to dress them up. I got to give them all the rules and I got to kind of babysit them while we're at the wedding. Yeah. So I don't want them there either. All right, let's take the break here. We'll come back. We've got more to go. We've got a couple more segments left. Oh, my goodness. What do we have? Oh, uh, we got a health class around the corner. It's not just the masks you're going to be required to uh, be wearing pretty soon. What Dr. Fauci is now recommending. We'll see how far this goes. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.